Welcome to the Sports GPS, where all roads lead to sports, with your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS, episode 7 of season 2. Parker, what are we getting into today? We are talking about the NBA, specifically the start of free agency and the big moves that Mm -hmm. went down. Then we're beginning our NFL preview, starting off with the AFC and NFC South divisions. Correct. And then we are closing on MLB News, so like some big topics and just conversation. Yeah, what's happened over the last couple weeks, everything going there. I'm really excited about the NFL preview and we're going to do one division from each conference per week until the start of the season. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back. We're getting into some NBA news, all the big free agency happenings let's just say over the last week to two weeks now considering we didn't talk about the big one westbrook gets traded to the lakers i'm happy about it as a wizards fan like i look is westbrook the best player in this deal correct but it's a five-team deal wizards get kuzma contavious caldwell pope montrez harrell Spencer Dinwiddie from Brooklyn and signed him to a three-year deal. Mm. Um, they get a draft pick from the Lakers. Yeah, I, who ended up being Isaiah Todd, right? Who was really good in the G League. Um, so I, I mean, the Wizards got better. It's crazy to say because you lose Westbrook, but he's he's not a great shooter. Wizards add shooting, and I think I think there's upside with Kuzma. I know what KCP is. I know what Montrezl Harrell is. Spencer Dinwiddie before ACL injury last year, great scorer. So I like it. I understand what the Lakers are doing. You're getting the third star. I understand it. But yeah, they, they don't have shooters. Like, yes, they did sign Wayne Ellington, which helps. But on the by and large, they can't shoot it. So I actually think the Wizards won the steal. Well, and I think the Lakers went the wrong way. I mean, I know Skip Bayless talked about this on Undisputed, but, you know, they, they could have gotten Buddy Heald. Yeah. And LeBron chose Westbrook. And, I mean, no other superstar has chosen Westbrook. And I guess you're sitting there saying, okay, well, Russell Westbrook is a bigger name. Right. Okay, I, I agree with that. But Buddy Heald's legit. Mm-hmm. I'd love him to go to Philly. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, but, you know, like, it's not, I don't know, it's not out of the question that this was the better move for Washington, mm-hmm. for even Brooklyn. I can't remember the other two teams in the deal right off the top of my head. But I think San Antonio was in it. Sure. Some, I mean, yeah. a lot of like second round pick swapping. Yeah, there was a so. lot of a lot of stuff to make it even. Right. But really, I mean, I think Washington won the deal, even though Westbrook goes to L.A. So L.A. has a very tight window now. They really don't have a lot of future. No. Past, you know, and and really not a lot of anything good outside of Anthony Davis, LeBron, and now Westbrook. Yeah. Now, granted, is that enough to win you a championship? Sure. I'm yeah. not denying that fact, but it's it's tough. I think Heald would have been the better of the triangle offense, quote unquote. Yeah. To you know, to have an LA compared to Westbrook now. Because Westbrook has to run the point. LeBron, you are born to run the point. 
Yeah. He's the best passer in the league. The only one that's even coming close to him is Ben Simmons. Fair. But LeBron can actually shoot it as compared yeah. to Ben Simmons. And that's the thing, like both LeBron and Westbrook, they have to have the ball in their hands mm-hmm. all the time. Right. So Westbrook, can you learn to play off the ball? Well, and LeBron was trying to learn how to play off the ball, and he can do that. Sure. But really, he's a better distributor yeah. than Westbrook is. So you're going to want him on. So yeah. really, it's it's can Westbrook learn to play off the ball? The Lakers are going to win a lot of regular season games. There's no doubt about it. But playoff, playoff time, time, like that's, that's what they're playing for. Right. So don't tell me about the regular season. They may win 60 games. I don't know. I don't care. What are they going to do in the playoffs? I don't think they have enough shooting. In today's NBA, you need shooting. And getting Carmelo Anthony, who signed a one-year deal, he's not hes not a terrible three-point shooter, but he's more of a mid-range guy anyways. That's right. All, that's been his game. Mm-hmm. So is he going to stay in the corner and, and just knock down threes? Probably not. Nope. LeBron, you're not doing that either. Can they get a reincarnation of Ray Allen? Like, is, is, there, a, is there another Ray Allen out there that they can find that they can just stand in the corner and just go like this? Wayne Ellington, they better hope he I can mean, do They that. better hope he can. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, it's not happening. Yeah. So I, I love it for Washington. I'm not saying they're still not flawed, and it is good to have two, at least two superstars on your team right. to, to win big. So it's like, are they a title contender? I'm not saying that. So, I mean, Kuzma could become that, though. I yeah. mean, there was a period of time where everybody was thinking Kuzma was going to be the next thing. Yeah. I, I hope. I, I, think, I think this is great for Kuzma. I'm not saying Washington, D.C. is not a big market, but it's not... I mean, no one, even with this trade, no one's saying, oh, look out for the Wizards. Right. In the so, NBA, they're not a big market. Right. So, like, I think Spen- like, I know Bradley Beal wanted Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. so that's great. That tells me that Brad was in the room making some decisions. I hope he signs long-term. And that was the other thing. Like, both Westbrook and Beal were free agents after next season. You're not keeping both. Right. So, which one are you trading? I know they could have gotten a lot for Bradley Beal, but he's a homegrown guy. He wants to be here get rid of Westbrook even though he was great I mean he averaged triple double it was great it was fun for fans but it didn't lead to a ton of winning even though they played well in at the end of the season no I'll give you that so it will have more debates on whether you know Washington LA when the season gets a little closer let's go ahead and hit all the other big moves that have happened and then some possibilities out there at the bottom. I've already teased one. Parker, right. go ahead and run them down. All right, so Kevin Durant signed a four-year, $198 million extension with the Nets. Steph Curry signed a huge four-year, $215 million extension. That's crazy. You're getting like $50 million a year. Yeah. Uh, Kawhi's back with the Clippers. The details aren't out yet. No, no they're not out. Uh, Luka, five years, $207 million. That's awesome. Worth it. Kyle Lowry signs with Miami, three years, $90 million. The Bulls got a lot better. They're interesting. Okay, DeMar DeRozan in a sign-in trade. Uh, Lonzo Ball Mm -hmm. is now a Chicago Bull. Right. That was a nice three-team deal. Uh, Bulls get uh, Devontae Graham as well. Yep. uh, Which is, he's underrated. Correct. Uh, Kemba's in New York. That's awesome. Every time I think of Kemba, Madison Square Garden, I think. Ticket sales. Well, that, and his last year at UConn, Big East Tournament, he was awesome. Oh, got him yeah. got yeah, him in sense. and then they won the whole thing. It was right. it was great. It was great. So maybe we'll see uh, a reincarnated Kimba Walker. I think he's a good player, but the Knicks need him. Uh like I said earlier, Melo signs with the Lakers. Mm. Mike Conley's back with Utah. Huge for the Jazz. Absolutely. Andre Godala's back with Golden State. Miami, they're they're sneaky. They get Victor Oladipo as well. 
Reggie Jackson's back with the Clippers and the Hawks, who are coming off a nice year. They give John Collins a five-year extension. That's awesome. And Andre Drummond's in Philly. Yeah. Those are kind of the big moves. Yeah, they. I mean, well, Drummond was to replace Howard, who went back to the Lakers. Correct. Which, okay, sure, you need a backup for Anthony Davis, but you still need someone to shoot. But the, the point earlier that I made, the shooter that's available that has become a huge topic... Buddy is Heald. Buddy Heald. Yeah. The Sixers are looking, if possible, to trade Ben Simmons. However, reports lately have said that the team is okay with keeping Ben Simmons. They just want to look to get the most out of him, if possible, but they're not going to trade him for pennies on the dollar. Right. Which, right now, the rest of the team are willing to give pennies on the dollar, and the Sixers want a huge price tag for him, which they should get should Ben Simmons work in the gym this offseason pay off. Right. Their their thought was an all-star plus four first rounds. I'm not saying that's not steep. But when you hear that as a player, when you hear that your team is asking for so much for you, doesn't that kind of say, you know, the only way we're going to trade him is if we get the king's ransom. Right. So for me, like if I'm on a team, and again, I, I, I don't know their personal experiences. I don't know what they feel. And I don't know what else has been said to Ben, so please do not take this as that. But if I hear that my team is willing to trade me, but the offer on the table needs to be an all-star and four first-rounders... Yeah, I don't think you're getting four. Well, but, but, but I, get, I get your point. You see where I'm at, though? Like You're not going to get it, which means... The only way that it's going to happen is if some team's like, I have to have me. Right. So I'm either staying in Philly, who values me as an all-star and four first-rounders, or I'm going to a team that values me so much that they're willing to give Philly that. For me, I'm sitting here going, all right, my team really cares about me. Right. It's not a slight. Right. And it shouldn't be. And I think people are like, oh, the Sixers are slighting Ben Simmons. No. And I think people are thinking Ben Simmons is thinking that. At me as a guy, I'm sitting here going, "No, that's that's insane." I would take it as a compliment. Right. No, I know I played in a sport that you couldn't trade draft picks, but That's crazy. Well, I mean, that's what baseball well, is, right? I, yeah, I'm just saying like yeah, I don't just, know why you can't do that, but Yeah, that's a, a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. But like for me, if I was a basketball player, if I was a football player and I was getting traded for first four firsts, and an all-star, like or a pro bowler in football, if that right. like the way I'm going, I'm like, do my team really wants me or the other team really wants really me. wants me. So, so either way, you're loved in both cities. In both cities. And I would take that as that. And I don't think people understand that when those reports come out, that's literally Elton Brand saying, We like Ben Simmons so much, the only way we're giving him up is this. Right. Yeah. Sacramento, do you really want Ben Simmons? Because we really want Buddy Heald in Philly. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, he fixes what you need. Right. A, he's a better scorer. Mm-hmm. Number two, he's a really good shooter. Yep. And we have other players to play the point. Yeah. Are they as defensively gifted as Simmons? Not by no. a long shot. No. Are they as skilled in distribution? No. They're close, but they're not there. But that's also, I mean, some of it is just natural innate ability. Mm-hmm. But that can be taught. It can be, but there's some things, just vision. And oh, yeah, there are some like some guys just don't have that kind of vision. Right. Understood. And that's where I don't know about Shake Milton slash Tyrese Maxey because both of them would, would fill in that role. Their defense is not as good as Ben Simmons' defense. 
Ben Simmons is also a freak of nature at 6'10". Yeah. So is it is it tough to sit there and say yeah. that that's, that's a way they should go? No, it's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to get rid of that. And I saw a couple shots from Ben Simmons in the gym. If he hits the gym and, and takes the threes. It's looking better. It it could be good. So do I want to give up on him? No. And this is me being different than most Sixers fans or actually most of NBA fandom oh, right yeah. now that are just like, oh, would you give him up? No, I don't want to give him up now because he finally sat there. Everybody sat there and said he had a quote unquote Napoleonic complex. He was the cool kid in high school, right? That yeah. just didn't work. And now he's, you know, working at Papa, uh, Papa John's or Pizza Hut or whatever, you know, whatever you want to stay. Right. What I think of with Ben Simmons is a guy who hasn't been told yet, we need you to work. He's been told you need to work. He literally skipped the Olympics. And he was embarrassed. Yeah. Like, that that, right. that should be a gut check. Yeah, I think it was. And I, that's why I think he's going to hit the gym harder this year. And he's going to come back better. Because as soon as he comes back better with that shot, so he doesn't take three shots in an entire series, a seven-game series in the fourth quarter. Yeah. As soon as he doesn't do that, then he'll be better. I mean, my biggest thing with Simmons, yes, does he need to have an outside shot? Correct. But like we stated, like taking taking just three shots in the fourth quarter of a right. seven game series, hey dude, you're a gifted ball handler. You're big. You can't like in transit. You can't get to the hole. Like yeah, get to the hole. Granted, are you, they're gonna foul you like crazy, so you're going to the free throw line. But that comes back to shooting. Right. I don't need you to be Steph Curry. I need it to be a threat. But you're. How get a shot in the paint, a right. hook shot, something like a floater, something. Like you don't have to just dunk on people give or that, lay it up. Give me that mid range where you're sitting Absolutely. there and you fake the three, take one dribble, get inside. The the mellow special. I mean, talk about yeah. Carmelo earlier. That was his game. He would catch the ball, fake the three, take two dribbles, get three feet inside the Kill line, the mid range, and then he would just drain this little yeah. floater. That's and one, that was his game. That's one thing I love about, just going back to my Wizards, Rui Hachimura, he's not a great three-point shooter. It's improving, but his mid-range is really good. It's mm. almost like automatic. It if was he, like LeBron in his, his yeah. early years, and then LeBron developed a three-pointer. Right. I mean, I had Gonzaga and as a pro, Rui Hachimura's mid-range has always been there. Just bank on that. Right. And if, if, if that's what it comes down to, like you just have to be able to be a well, threat yeah. so someone doesn't stay five five feet on you and then when when you do blow by them because you can yeah now they can foul you where if they're up on you and and now they have to foul you it's really hard for them to foul you two feet behind you right as compared to one foot in front of you you have to be multifaceted you can't right. just be one-dimensional you, you got to give me more ben so, so. No, I think that's going to wrap up the big NBA news. Coming up at the start of the season, we're going to do our predictions as always, mm-hmm. but we're not quite there yet. But speaking of predictions, NFL is right around the corner, so we're starting our predictions for that right after this. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're getting to the AFC South and our NFL predictions I'm wearing Colts gear, so it's not really a shock of who I'm going to pick. Yeah, we're. <laughs> I don't think we have two differing opinions in these two divisions of the AFC and NFC South here. 
Uh, we're going to talk about it first because we're not animals, but <laughs> we're going to discuss what we feel. The We decided to go south first mainly because it was divisions that really didn't overly change that much in our opinion. So right. we're going here considering we had NBA and MLB to discuss. We kind of went with the quick stuff here. Right. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Parker, talk about your Colts. First of all, I'm excited for the season. I definitely think we're a Super Bowl favorite. Okay. I understand it's a new era with Carson Wentz at the helm. Mm. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, man. And look, I understand it at the moment. Him and Quentin Nelson are out five to 12 weeks after having foot surgery. Right. However, they were at practice yesterday, not wearing boots, and they just came out with a report this morning that both are on in the process of being ready for week one. Mm-hmm. So it may not be a big deal at all. I don't think... Carson will be there week one. I'm I don't cool think you it. want him there week one. I think you want him there week three. I, as an Eagles fan, want him there week one. <laughs> oh, so you're not a Jalen Hurts guy? Listen, I'm not sitting here saying I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> Let's say, be clear. Like, I would have rather kept Carson. Uh, but at the same time, I want a first-round pick from the Colts and not a second-round pick. And that, my good sir, is contingent on your quarterback starting at least 75% of the saps for it to be guaranteed. Right. Do I think y'all make the playoffs? Yes. So really, it's 70%. But (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and state that I don't want the guarantee, so I want him to play 75% of snaps. Right. Now, I will say right now, if week 18 now comes by. (laughs) That's so crazy. And y'all are like, you know, not going to make the playoffs, and he starts 74.9%, I'm going to flip my lid, drive up to Indianapolis, slap Frank Reich eight times, and just be like, you a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Frank Reich and our GM, Chris Ballard, they just signed extensions. They'll be at, at their positions till 2026 at least. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to deny the fact that I like Frank Reich um, as a head coach. I... I'm really sad that we lost him in Philly, but yeah. you know he deserves his shot, and he's done well in Indianapolis. He so sure has. I'm enjoying that. Now, I'm really hoping that his former successor uh, comes over to Philly and does well, but we're not discussing the NFC East. We are discussing the South. Yeah. What else did the Colts do that really like gets you fired up? Well, I'm fired up that we gave Darius Leonard a five-year, $99 million extension, $52 million guaranteed, but he's the highest-paid linebacker in football. I right. remember when he was coming out in the draft, and the Colts drafted him in the second round. They're like, what are they doing? Who is this guy? He went to some small school, and uh, he was only an all-pro his first year, and he's... You can have the debate whether he's the best linebacker in football. I'm biased, and I think he is. Top 10 guaranteed. Yeah. I'd say top five. I'm putting him in top 10 guaranteed because I think there could be an argument that he's out of the top five. I would make the argument he's in, but you know my rules. I know. I guarantee him in the top 10 because there's no way anybody puts him outside Absolutely. the top 10. So that's where I'm going. So even that. though, I mean, look, our season is dependent upon is Carson Wentz the guy. However, this team is deep. Mm-hmm. Like defensively, we're underrated. You worry about the pass rush a little bit. You got to replace Justin Houston, Demoka. Is it Democo Tour? No, Dunico Autry. That's right. That's right. All right. We do have a Toure, but yeah, that's not who you're talking about. That's not who I was talking about. So they, I mean, that's why you drafted Quiddy Pay. Hopefully, he's the answer. So you worry about the pass rush a little bit, but the and the secondary is a little eh. And you're worried about your left tackle, right? Yeah, Costanzo retires, so we signed. You got Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher, but he's I don't, out right. Now. He's not yeah. gonna be ready week one, right? Like he's not even like 
And that's the other reason why I don't think you start Carson once week one. Yeah, you don't want him to get killed. Right. So, yeah, when Fisher comes back, I yeah, that's when you start. But the Colts offensive line is deep all the way around with Nelson, uh, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith just got a huge extension. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best right tackles in so football. So, what, are you just going to boot? Boot right with Carson all the time to get away from the left tackle. I don't think so. Not, not probably when he's not for foot server. Yeah. Again, week three is where he should start. Even but though I want him week one. But the good thing is Colts have a strong run game. Jonathan Taylor, you re-sign Marlon Mack. He's coming off an injury, but you don't need him to go full workload. Hines and, is still and there. Hines too. is awesome. Great pass catcher. So this and like I like the receiving core. You bring T.O.A. Hilton back. I think Pittman is special. Hopefully, Paris Campbell can stay healthy. And that tight end, you have Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox. You also have Pascal in that wide receiving core as well. Yeah, he's underrated. So, yeah, I, I like the Colts. I like what they did. The The reason why I have the Colts top of the pick is mainly because the rest of the team, bar Tennessee, really didn't get that much better no. to catch up. Jacksonville got really good. Yeah. The problem is they were the basement. And right. we're going to go ahead and discuss what they've done since free agency, since, you know, Everything's gone on. You draft Trevor Lawrence. Yep, draft Trevor Lawrence. They got Carlos Hyde. They got Principal O'Shaughnessy, a.k.a. James O'Shaughnessy. (laughs) Um, They also got a kicker to help do that. They did release a bunch of guys, but really, C.J. Beathard, decent backup for Lawrence. Uh, Plus, you got Tim Tebow. I was going to say, oh, and they got Tim Tebow. Right, as a tight end. He caught a touchdown in practice the other day, not to be overrated. Look, I'm a Tebow fan. I hope he does well. I... It's hard to imagine you learn a new position at the highest level, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's that foreign to it. And if you want to be in the league, he's an athlete. Yeah, man. He's an I athlete, mean, man. He, he made a he 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 got onto a AAA roster for like three seconds. So right. you know, it's not he had a cup of coffee with the second to big club. Yeah, so it's not like it's that you yeah. know outside of the way. I mean, they they signed all of their draft picks, and they did it relatively well. And you know. Whatever you got a you got a guy who Trevor Lawrence is familiar with as his running back now with uh, Etienne is that how you pronounce it Travis Etienne yeah, I, think I think that's so. how you pronounce his last name um, but yeah I mean good stuff they're really not having that much you know problems yeah. currently their roster just needed that much of a build up that I don't think they're at the class of the Colts yeah. so you think you think Urban Meyer works I think so yeah, yeah I, I do I too. Think, I, I know truly, there's questions. About I have it. Jacksonville finishing second in this division. Oh wow! So you're you're down on Tennessee a little bit. I'm a little down on e- Tennessee, even though they added Julio Jones. Correct. Even though they did lose some. some there's big some names. decent stuff on defense that they lost, and their defense was good, and that's what allowed them to just run the ball all over the place with Derrick Henry. I have a, your MVP. My MVP. Correct. <sighs> and, you know, it's just they didn't. They didn't keep the defense as solid. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I'm not going to sit here and state that they didn't keep who they needed to keep, but you might lose Bud Dupree, even though you just got him. Like, right. um, Caleb Fairley looks great. I think he's going to be awesome. But at the same time, it's just, it's not, you've got a lot of individually great names. It really depends on how they gel. Now, if that defense gels, because it's a lot of turnover over there, if they gel well, then I could be completely wrong, and Jacksonville will be third. We know Houston's in the basement. Yeah. Unless Deshaun Watson plays, which I don't. That's know. so up in the air. But even We're if he does, like them. their roster is bad. It's depleted. Yeah. But they have a lot of draft picks over the next four years to rebuild that back up. Oh sure. So, but it'd yeah. be weird, like the first time since 2010 that they don't have JJ Watt. Yeah. 
Like that's a, that's a big loss. It is a very big loss. But I mean, they do have a general manager that they just signed, uh, Nick Casario. Uh, he's going to be there for the long haul, and he's going to oversee this. You know, this build up. Yeah. I mean, they're they got wide receiver help. They got a hundred yard rusher in Philip Lindsay. I mean, they did decent stuff. I mean, Desmond King coming over to help the secondary. Yeah. And then they got a tight end. But at the same, you know, and, and he was a steal. Everybody was thinking this uh, Devon uh, Bevan, Bevan Jordan. That's it. Brevin. Yeah. Brevin Jordan. Sorry. I, I keep messing that up. <laughs> but as soon as, you know, he was supposed to be a day two guy. They steal him in the fifth round, I think. You know, like, what? Yeah. He was the number three tight end prospect. Yeah, and he, and he goes in the fifth. Yeah, it's a steal. It's a steal. So I I think that's good for te- uh, for the Texans, but, but it's I, not going to help him this year. I don't think it's going to help him this year because you still need a quarterback. Right. And if Deshaun Watson is not under center, it's Tyrod. Uh, we're not touching that. We're not going into that. No. But Tyrod is not your play. Like he's solid. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if he's going to lose your games, but is he going to win you games? I don't think so. No, I mean he can just kind of he can handle it. Right. He can do his job but he's not going to elevate you so yeah I, I and again i'm not sitting here stating that the the it's going to be very tough in the middle of this division yeah the colts are the cream texans get, are down at the bottom it's titans and jaguars are going to flip-flop i think urban meyer gives jacksonville enough of an edge yeah and i think trevor lawrence is that special i do as well so i think he can elevate the the mediocre guy mm-hmm. they i mean they already have shark so like they, it's not like they don't have any weapons, right? So yeah, I think I think Jacksonville. I don't I don't want to say shock you like they're going to be a playoff contender, but right. they're not going to be in the basement. Yeah. So I my predictions for this: the Colts end up at twelve and five. Um, it's so weird that it's a eighteen weeks. Yeah, seventeen weeks. Yeah, season, yeah. I I had to like readjust mine because I was like, all right, where do I see him? Twelve and four. No, twelve right. and five. Yep. Or I thirteen have, and four. I have Jacksonville at ten and seven, the Titans at nine and eight, and then I have the Texans at four and thirteen. Yeah, that's where I have them. Um, and again, so that's what I'm saying. The middle's going to be tight. Colts are clearly better. Um, and Jacksonville's also playing a last place schedule. That's the reason why I have them a little bit better as well yeah. at ten and seven. But really, ten and seven's like. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not great. Do I see them making the wild card? No. Could yeah. they? Yes. And I also see the Titans. The Titans have a ceiling at twelve and five. Yeah. So like, I'm not sitting here saying that they can't be better. I'm just saying that the median road for them, for me, is nine and seven. Or sorry. Yeah. Nine, nine and eight. eight. Nine and eight. <laughs> so yeah, I did it again. Yep. So that's where I'm at there. So we both have the Colts. Uh, where do you like the rest of this division falling? Kind of similar to me, or do you have the Titans? Yeah, ahead of the I have Titans ahead of Jacksonville, but I, I think they could sneak yeah. up on you a little bit, and we can all agree that Texans are in the basement. Okay. Like they might be the worst team in football. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they might have the first overall pick next year. Yep. All right, let's go ahead to the NFC South now. Uh, really, this division didn't change a whole lot, no. but it changed enough. Tampa Bay basically brought the band back together. There's no real huge signings they did. Their draft no. was exactly what they needed. They got an interior defensive lineman to start it off, and then they just got a bunch of role players that they can fill in. Heck, two to three of their late round draft picks, I'm talking four uh, day three guys might not even make the roster. Yeah. Because they brought their entire Super Bowl team back bar four. Um, yeah. so, you know, like 
they didn't really change that much, and you still have Tom Brady, mm-hmm. so they're instantly a favorite. So do you think you think Tom Brady is still elite? There's the reason why I have on our notes, sir, that the division wins is the Tampa Toms and not yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, like I still think Tom Brady's great, but Father Time is undefeated. Eventually, it's just gonna. It's not this year. I, and I've said this. I've said this for a couple years now. I know we've only been doing the podcast for two seasons, Parker. So the <laughs> listeners don't know this, but but I know of, this. One of our big. Uh, listeners, Derwin has known this that I have told him multiple times. Tom Brady is not dead yet. I agree with that. I th- truly think that Tom is good, and if you get a good team around him, he can't win it on his own anymore. Yeah. But you put a decent team around him, and he's going to flourish. Yeah. And that's what they've done right now: is I mean, put a good team around him, and he's going to be elevated. If you put him on a crud team, he's not going anywhere. Right. OJ Howard is their third tight end. Right. And, I mean, I know he hasn't lived up to the, the billing when he got drafted out of Alabama. But, I mean, he's their third string because you have Gronk, Cameron Brate. Like, that's pretty solid. Like, they have weapons for him. He doesn't have to just carry everything on his back. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think Tampa Bay is great. Uh, New Orleans, it's really who plays quarterback. Absolutely. Jameis or Taysom Hill? I like Jameis. I, lo- I love what Jameis can be. And I think if there's anyone who can be a quarterback whisperer, it's Sean Payton. Right. I'm just, they gave Taysom Hill a lot of money. I'm not disagreeing with that. And so I I don't know if this is what you should do because I'm not, the the old adage, you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Right. What if they get creative and it's like, Jameis, you're the starter. You're going to get like two thirds of the snaps, but we're in the red zone. It's Taysom Hill. I don't know. I don't so know if I love it. The reason why I don't like it is because then Jameis Winston is going to do what he's always done, which is try to throw the deep ball, deep ball, throw picks, and, and he's going to throw picks. Yeah. So that's the reason why I don't like it. But at the same time, I think Jameis has so much talent. He's had so much talent oh, yeah. his entire career. That's why he's the number one pick? He literally just needs Sean Payton to be like, all right. Let's hit the film room. Yeah. Because I, I, he has a little Ben Simmons in me, yeah. right? You know, like he. It's okay to check it the, down. He's the cool high school guy, and now he's working at Pizza Hut. Like he has <laughs> never been told he's bad until finally Tampa Bay said, you know what? We're done with you. Yeah. And that was his gut check. And I think he's done really good in New Orleans so far. And I think if Sean Payton shows him some love here and be like, hey, you've hit the film room, you've done this, you've done that, this is good. He will be the player that we all thought he could be. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sleeping on the Saints. I'm not sleeping on Jameis Winston. It really depends on what they do with their quarterback room because the rest of their team is still. Yeah, I mean Michael Thomas. He needs to get healthy. Right. Um. But you have a, a cheat code at running back. Yeah. Kamara. Yeah. Which I know this firsthand because he was on my fantasy team. Like he's a cheat code. He yeah. he can do everything. Mm-hmm. But at some point, he's you don't want to run him into the ground. Correct, and so that's the reason why you need a quarterback that's willing to throw it around. Yep. I mean, I can't remember who they drafted, but I know they got a wide receiver, and they got some secondary help too. So I, New Orleans did a really good job there in making sure that they, they got the pieces around. But really, the, the Saints are going to come down to who plays quarterback. Yep. Carolina went out, got their new quarterback. Sam Darnold. I don't know if I love it or I, li- I don't. I do. I like it. I, get Sam Darnold out off the Jets. Mm-hmm. He has to be better. I don't know if he's, you know, the next coming, right? right. But 
I think he can be very solid. And you look, you have Christian McCaffrey. Now he needs to get healthy. He missed 13 games last year because of uh, ankle and shoulder. But when he's healthy, he's the best running back in the league. Yeah, but Sam Darnold still is a key there. I mean, he he has to be able to throw Mm -hmm. the ball effectively so that way McCaffrey can work. Sure. Because McCaffrey two years ago had like 60% of the scrimmage yards. That's too much for a That's running too back. Much. Yeah. So they need to get a little bit better and more talented around him, and they need a quarterback who can help the talent around, you know, reach its true potential. Yeah. And then Atlanta, they keep they keep Matt Ryan. Can they be competitive? Should they be competitive? They lost Julio. New head, you know, Dan Quinn's out, which yep. is only going to help them. Uh, see, I like Dan Quinn. I think he's a, he's a good, good coordinator. He's a great defensive coordinator. But their defense was never good under him. They needed so they needed to do what Philly did, which was get um but opposite, right? You have a defensive minded head coach, get a offensive coordinator who's been a head coach who can, you know, and, yeah. and they don't have ego checks going on. Right. And I think if that had happened, they would have been better, but I'm sorry Dan Quinn, you didn't do it. So that's what you needed to do. Uh you know, Calvin Ridley, can he He has the tools to be a number one wideout. Yep. And Kyle Pitts is going to be he's a, special. He's the cheat code at tight end. Yeah. So that's going to be tough. They have a really easy schedule. Let's see what their defense can do. That really yeah, is I mean, what look, it comes down yeah. to. You want, like, this, especially their secondary, you wonder, do they have enough? Right. I'm not saying they're uber talented on defense. Mm-hmm. I just think the, the change from Dan Quinn right. is going to help them. Right. And I think they're off. I mean, look, Matt Ryan is solid. Okay. We remember the Super Bowl. Right. Okay. Yeah, no. I, 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 28 to 3. Yeah. <laughs> that was not good. That was yeah. not a good look. Yes, you lose Julio Jones, but you weren't even using him effectively, anyways. It's very effective. Very true. Excuse me. Yeah. So you add Kyle Pitts. We both agree he's special. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, he's kind of been their number one. Right. So we know what he can do. And now that, look, you are the guy. Yep. And so I, I'm not saying Atlanta's going to make the playoffs. I think they can be sneaky competitive. Okay. So then let's go ahead and pick. We already know I'm picking the Tampa Toms. Same here. Yeah, so you're going Tampa Bay, though. You said Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, I just said Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, sorry. Tampa Toms. I, excuse me, Tom Brady. Tampa if, Toms. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope Tom's listening. That'd be great. But uh, let's go ahead and I'm going to give my predictions. I think Tampa Bay finishes at 13-4. and four. I then have the Saints... At nine and eight, hey. I have Carolina at seven and ten, and then I have Atlanta at six and eleven. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay twelve and five, Saints ten and seven, Carolina eight and nine, and Atlanta seven and ten. So you just you have a tight. I have this entire division being absolutely garbage except for Tampa Bay. Oh really? Um, and, and I mean, the reason why I do is I it's just like Tampa Bay is going to beat them up. They're going to be six and oh in the division and then they have to play first place schedule. Now I know Atlanta plays a light schedule. I just don't love Atlanta. I, I, their defense has never been the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. They, they, you know, their secondary is going to get torched a lot. Yeah, and yeah. there are a lot of good teams that can throw the ball around that are on their schedule. I know it's their easiest ske- the, the, the 11th easiest schedule. They're going to get torched through the air. And that's their problem. 
Yeah, I, I'm probably giving them way too much credit. I just, you know, maybe they're a sleeper for me. No, I get you that. Even though I, I still have them below 500. And the only reason why I have the Saints as low as I do is because I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Yeah, there's a question mark. You know, and, you know, if Jameis plays and he looks good, they're 11-6. and six. Best case scenario, they're still not Drew Brees. Right, right. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I think they're, I think their ceiling is 11-6. and six. I put them at 7-10 and 10 there. Uh, Carolina, they have a similar ceiling. They're like ten and seven as a ceiling. So yeah, you know, put them in eight and nine, and then yeah, Atlanta is just not not great. <laughs> I you know, and and Atlanta could shock me. Atlanta could shock me. They have a big ceiling. Right. It really just depends on that defense. And if their defense can gel, that's really the key. Is a, a gelling secondary. Yeah. For them, if their secondary can gel, they could shock the ever loving garbage out of me. But I just don't see it. I just I I do believe in like championship hangover mm-hmm. they're not the youngest team i'm not saying tom is done by any means i still think he's very good but at some point he's not gonna be what we're accustomed to mm-hmm. and i think it starts this year well and I, so the reason i believe the super bowl hangover holds out is teams just look and go oh we were great there last year oh we were great there last year and they don't think about who they lost in those contributions Tampa Bay didn't really lose anybody. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're, oh, yeah, we were great at that last year. Oh, and you know what? We still have that guy. Yeah. Oh, we were great at that last year. And you know what? We still have that guy. So that's the reason why I feel like Tampa Bay won't lose a step as compared to some of these other teams that have yeah. lost a step after Super Bowls in the past. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and rotate and pivot into our last segment, MLB News and Notes, right after this. Welcome back. We're getting into MLB news and notes. Uh, all that's happened in the month of August since we've been gone. Sorry. That type <laughs> Sorry. Of deal. You know, trips and scheduling conflicts and chicken slinging and all that fun stuff. Yep. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Field of Dreams game is tomorrow. Yankees versus White Sox. So excited. It's going to be awesome. I think they're like... Players are being introduced, like for starting lineups, and they're coming out of the cornfield. I'm like, oh, this is so great. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Apparently, they're wearing old school, old school uniforms. I mean, really, so that's the White Sox are the Yankees still have their same jerseys. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are the road team, so they're not wearing pinstripes, anyways. But spoiler alert, right? <laughs> right. I think the logo is a little different. Sure. Yeah, but like I think that the yeah the new block font is old yeah, block font. Yeah. <laughs> sure, okay, yeah, fine. So the same darn thing. Yeah, so the same thing. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, it's beautiful field out in Iowa. It's going to be great. Um, I I'm really looking forward to it. It was the set of the movie Field of Dreams. So you know, every time, Dad, you want to have a catch? Just <sighs> makes me want to cry. Gets us both. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that tomorrow night. Definitely tune in if you can. It's going to be on the network. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Update. What's he going to? He might be moving to center field. So he's he's on he's hurt his shoulder again. Mm-hmm. His left shoulder, not his right shoulder. His left shoulder. Mm-hmm. I point. I'm pointing at I'm, my left shoulder. Pointing. At first, I point at my right. I might know it's his left. Yeah. Uh, so to like help with the injury. They think they're moving to center field because he's been practicing out right. there. He, he actually hasn't been great defensively at shortstop. I don't know if it's because of the shoulder or not, but playing in center field instead of shortstop, you have a least likely chance of landing on that shoulder. Just don't be diving right. on the field. Or if you dive, just you know, 
Yeah. Dive shoulder up or something. <laughs> right. On a, but, like, they have guys you can cover at short, whether it's Cronenworth or Kim. Like, they, they, they can cover it. Right. So. You really want Tatis' bat in the lineup. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. So, if it keeps thing. him healthy, I'm okay with it. He's quick enough to roam out there, oh, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really going to debate that. It really just, I, I don't know what his route running looks like. I know right. when you take infielders and put them in the outfield. Robin you out. It's all about being able to. You know, look and see where the ball's going and being able to right. track it right. It's really just initial read. Right. Initial read. Yeah. It's the initial jump. Correct. Yep. And, you know, in center, he's going to have to worry about balls mainly tailing away from him all the time. So that'll help. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a terrible decision I because you want his bat in the lineup. But look, if Kyle Schwarber can be out there, like... There's no doubt Fernando Tatis Jr. can. I mean, he also plays a corner, but that's beside the point. Well, but you get you get my point. I get your point. I'm I'm picking up. Tatis is an at. athlete. I think he know he knows the game. He knows how to yeah. read the ball off the bat. So if you got that, he's got the athleticism and the speed. Let him play AAA for two games just to make sure. They probably will. Yeah. Uh, injuries to key players around the league right now. Yeah, Bregman, Betts, Justin Turner, Schwaba. Schwaba. He's, he's still, still out. Hurt. Yep. Uh, your boy Reese Hoskins. Uh, it hurts so bad. I, I'm sorry, buddy. Javi Baez. So they're already without Lindor, and yep. now Javi's Hobby's dealing with gone. a hip. Yep. You uh, can always count on three things: death, taxes, and the Mets collapsing. Yeah, I feel so good about that. <laughs> it was a and, great And usually, one. when I make predictions of some sort, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Nope. You nailed this one, buddy. Yeah, yeah. This was a safe bet. <laughs> yep. So Glaber is out, or Willis Chapman's out, and Soto actually just came back last night, but he'd been out of the line. It doesn't matter because the Nationals are out. They yeah, they scrapped that really care, whole right. team. Yep. So yeah, but there's some big names. I mean, Chris Sale. He's coming. I mean, he hasn't pitched in two years. He's kind of the key. Boston yeah. sliding. Tampa Bay looks good. The Yankees are actually playing good. You're welcome because I called you out and then you started playing well. <laughs> well, they also decided to get some additions in Rizzo and Right, that helps. But yeah, Rizzo's got COVID, so yeah. he's out. Yeah, but I mean you still got Gallo with that short porch. So. Yeah, but Gallo's only taken advantage of that one time. Uh so far. So Oh yeah, I mean once he gets going it's And they've only played three home games, so Correct. You know, things. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, really, Chris Sale means a lot to the uh, Red Sox yeah. here, and they need to hold on to that lead. Yeah. What's it at right now? I know. Tam- I think Tampa Bay is in first by five. Okay. And then the Yankees are seven back. So I mean, they're they're close. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I still think that's too. I mean, seven is a lot of ground to it's make up. A lot up. of ground to make up. Five is borderline too much to make up. Almost at this point, especially yeah. with a team well, like Tampa Bay. But if you think about it, though, the Phillies made up four and a half in seven days. Right. I mean, look, I remember. I can't remember the year, but the Braves were bound for a wild card spot. They were in for like they led the wild card, and it's like, oh, they're like seven and a half lead in se- going into September. We got this. Nope, they crumbled. St. Louis got hot, and St. Louis took over last yeah. game of the season. You so. look at the Mets, the first time the Phillies won the division in forever. Right. I mean, they had a six-game lead going into two weeks left. But it is the Mets. And <laughs> we move on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, who ends up winning the East then, Phillies or Braves? I know you say Braves. I know I say Phillies. I just – right now I'm starting to doubt purely because Hoskins and McCutcheon are out right now. If they both come back – If they were both healthy, that I, I would actually say Philly. I, if if they were both healthy, I would say Philly because both teams have bullpen issues, mm-hmm. even though the Braves' bullpen's actually been better since the break and you add Rich Rod. But it's still kind of – I mean, Will Smith is – I know he got the save last night, but it still can be kind of uh, – It's up in the air, right? Yeah, so – 
I, I mean, look, you have two studs at the top. Yeah. Wheeler, Noah, Braves. I mean, Freed has been up and down. Morton's been our one. He's been great. Soroka's not coming back. Anderson is on a rehab assignment, so he's coming back soon, but right. he hasn't been as good as last year. So, uh, I mean, the, I like the rotation. Drew Smiley's been solid. But I still worry about the pitching staff as a whole, especially in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about the offense. They addressed that at the deadline. Solaire's been great. Duvall's been great. Uh, I know Eddie Rosario's coming back soon, and Jock's been great. So I'm not really worried about the offense because you still have Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I think the, the Phillies really, it's they've got two big injuries to two big bats that they right. need mm-hmm. in Hoskins and McCutcheon. And it's Zach Eflin. If Zach Eflin comes back, that rotation is not not an issue anymore. Right now they're playing, who do we start the fifth day? Yeah. And so that's the problem right now is they've got, you know, you've got Nola. You've got Wheeler. Gibson now. Gibson, yeah. Sure. Like, and I put that pause in there on purpose, people, because it's Gibson. Like, yeah. it's he's not up with those guys. Yeah, he's having a great year, but. So. Eflin, I could put up with those guys. A little bit. Like, little I mean, bit. he's got the stuff to be a third, a really good third. Especially Gibson's a four, and I'm really happy that my that Gibson is a four now. Like, my rotation, if Gibson's a four and not a three, I'm extremely excited about. Right. Because then you just figure out who you start after that, you not know? More yeah, I mean, who... Not Velasquez. Yeah, I'm not, you know, not in on that. But at the same time, Ranger Suarez is now looking great. He's starting to get stretched out. He can go five, six innings for you, so be your fifth starter. But the problem is now they're asking him to be the four because Eflin's out. Chase Anderson, not what we expected, especially coming out of spring training because he looked great. Matt right. Moore, same thing. I think Matt Moore ends up getting the start. Yeah, because he's – well, I mean, if Ranger, Suarez, if Ranger Suarez is in the rotation, you have two lefties. But I know like with – and maybe it's just because they need to stretch him out, but I know they kind of had a bullpen game with Suarez. Yeah. And it was because, you know, he got a little roughed up, but not too bad because he didn't have anything happen to him. But, yeah, it's because they needed to stretch him out. He was at 56 pitches by the end of the fourth. Yeah. So, like, that's the problem there. And, and yeah, they do need to stretch him out. But at 74 pitches, okay, you can stretch him out again. He's now at 80. If he's effective with that 80, he's through six innings. Because the first couple innings, he was great. He was right. He was through, especially his first start when they only gave him 50 pitches. You know, he was effective, got through three within 50 pitches. That's strong. So if you do that again, you're through six. So, like, really, I mean, it's not that bad. I just think, truly, Eflin coming back will be like a another deal signing because we haven't had him since the All-Star break. So getting him back will be like a late addition, like they I was trying to have them do with Cole Hamels. And, you know, like, that's kind of what I'm feeling. And if they can get that to go, that'll be great for them. And then they have Sir Anthony Dominguez coming back. And, I mean, the kid before Tommy Johns was throwing upper 90s with some good movement. So now you've got a Jose Alvarado from the right side instead of the left. Those two guys, plus Kennedy. Naris is looking better outside of the closer role in, like, the 7th, 8th. I like him as a setup better than a closer anyway. I think their bullpen issues could be fixed. Yeah. My problem is... They need their lineup to be great, and they're missing two big workhorses right now, right. and that's what's scary. Speaking of your Phillies, yeah, is Bryce Harper the lead MVP candidate in the National League? He is third right now in my head. Okay. I just, you know, I'm being practical. I'm being yeah. a guy. He's definitely top three in the league. But the true Philly that should be winning a, a award right now is Wheeler, if yeah. you want to go about that. Yeah, if, if you have no DeGrom, it's Wheeler. Right. 
Like, and 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 I mean, we can we can look at the other Cy Young candidates that we were discussing earlier in the league. Gosman. Well, Burns has fallen off a little bit, but right. I mean, Gosman looks great. I'm not yeah. denying that. Scherzer still looks good. Yeah. But really, I mean, if you look at it, uh, Bueller, Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and right now he is kind of the the big one, right? Right. But I mean, outside of that, like really, where, where is it? Where is it going to go? Uh, and I'm I'm trying to you know pull up the the last time you know the Cy Young and MVP were on have, the same team. We're on the same team. It's been accomplished now twenty times, I believe, because Scherzer and Bryce did it in sixteen. I think those are the that was the last one. But before that, it was 2013 with the Tigers. Scherzer and Cabrera. Uh yes, and then. Twins in 06 with Morneau and Johan Santana. Johan Santana, sneaky Hall of Famer. Right. But if you look at it, it doesn't also breed for success if it happens. Right. Because the only time it produced World Series champions has been before 1990, which was 88 Dodgers, the 80 Phillies, the 61 and 60 Yankees and then Pirates, and then the 57 Milwaukee Braves hey. with uh, Hammer and Hank and then Warren Spawn. Yeah, Warren Spawn. So, yeah, I mean, really, like, if you just look at that, like, it doesn't breed a lot of success, especially since the last ones haven't won World Series. The last team to actually make the World Series in that case was the 91 Braves with Pendleton and Glavin. Yeah. So, so if... If Bryce Harper is not your MVP, I'll just give you some numbers real quick. Since June 30th, he's hitting 353 with a 1173 OPS, nine homers, 24 ribbies, and 34 games. If Bryce is not your MVP, who's your MVP? Because for me, if he's healthy, it's Tatis. But I don't like I don't know when he's coming back, and he's missed a lot of time. Yeah. So uh, there's just so many really, really, really great candidates out there for MVP. Austin Riley's in the hunt. And and that's a name that I that comes up in my head. I mean, just so that's the reason why I'm sitting here saying I know Bryce Harper's a top three. So that's the reason why I say he's third, right? right. Like I'm not trying to be that Homer guy that's you know whatever. But Juan Soto is still playing great, and I know he's on a losing team. Yeah, that's but the man's got him. numbers that back it up. So, you know, right now, I would say Juan Soto. He's phenomenal. He's hit great. He's been healthy this year. So that's what helps me in that determination. I also, like you said, Tatis has been phenomenal. Yeah, even though he's missed time, he's got 31 bombs. He, he leads in homers, stolen bases with 23. He leads in slugging percentage and OPS, 1024 OPS. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's still putting up numbers even though he's missed time. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's really, you know, where do they go with it? Because I'm really great at picking not, you know, solid pieces. I like Nick Castellanos in Cincinnati. I mean, he's yeah. he's elevated that team. But is it him or Winkler? Do they like take away from each other there? I I don't really know. Um but yeah, I, I really like what Bryce Harper's done over the last month. The problem was he had a lot of solo homers to begin, yeah, so his 18? RBI total isn't that high. He's got like 18 solo homers. Yeah. Out of his 20. Yeah. So, and like his other one's a three runner and then a two runner, but the two runner was huge against the Mets the other night. Yeah. But I mean, if you just, I'm pulling up RBA, RBI leaders for the national league right now, Aguilar in Miami. Nah, I mean, 
But he's having a good year. Right, but good year, but not great. I mean, his batting average is two sixty six. Like winning still matters to me. I I agree with you. So, so that's the reason why I'm at with it. There's outside of like Tatis's county numbers would be great if he was healthy. I actually like Machado over Tatis right now. Oh, really? Now that I'm looking at it, I mean, he's hitting two eighty seven with twenty one bombs and seventy eight stakes. Yeah. I mean, his OPS isn't great at eight seventy seven, so that kind of hurts him. But I mean, you just. We can go down the list. I think Let me it's pull definitely... up OPS because that's your big stat. Yeah, it is. Uh, so if we look at just National League for OPS, let's go ahead and pull it up. Thank you, ESPN. Stack Girl's off today. <laughs> uh, Tatis and Acuna are leading it. Other than that, it's Harper. Yeah. But Muncy's having a great year in that same category. 274, 2365. Winker Castellanos, Juan Soto again, you know, 297 average. 18 homers, 58 stakes for nobody that's getting on for him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's his RBI total was great. It was up towards the top ever since they traded away Trey Turner. It hasn't been as good because you didn't have that guy who's constantly producing for you. One guy that I think people are sleeping on, Freddie Freeman. Like, it wasn't that long ago. He was hitting like 230. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, Freddie. But now he's hitting 292, 24 homers, 63 stakes, and an 890 OPS. If he continues to stay hot and he leads the Braves to a division title. He he might deserve I mean he already won an MVP. Yeah. So I'm not denying that. And the, the leader in war right now in the National League for hitters is Max Muncy at 5.1. Second is Tatis at 4.9 and he's been injured. Yeah, I I I think right now it's Tatis, but Bryce Harper is a close second for me. Okay, that's fair. I I'm I'm putting I'm putting all these names in there so I'm I'm not just like, oh, yes, Bryce Harper for sure. Right. If Harper had more RBIs. Oh, it wouldn't really. To me, it wouldn't even be a conversation. I like, wouldn't. It, I, wouldn't it wouldn't be a discussion. It wouldn't even be a thing. Now, as far as Cy Young, considering I just started it. So let's go ahead and yeah. go down that small hole as well. <laughs> um, Zach Wheeler, because DeGrom has been hurt. Is that your pick? It's either him or Bueller. Um, but I mean, Wheeler's still top five ERA. Yeah, and he's—I mean—he's leading in strikeouts, which is big for me. He's leading in innings, all pitched. of baseball in innings pitched. Yeah, that's by huge. a large margin. Yeah, I mean, he has three complete games, uh, three shutouts. Last time someone had three complete games in a season, I think it was 2017. Yeah, like we just don't see it anymore. Correct. Because... So it, it's valued even higher. Mm-hmm. And his whips underneath one, I think. Zach Wheeler, because there's no DeGrom, is locked down, no doubt in my mind, winning the Cy Young if he continues on this trek. And especially if Philly wins a division, which uh, is very possible. Very possible right now. Yeah. So, And so the last time it will have been done since 2016 with Harper and Scherzer. Yeah. Crazy to think about, for sure. I think we both agree Mets are they're done. I... Yeah. I don't want to say... I, I don't like, want to say done. And here's the reason I don't want to say done. because every time we say they're done, they some team pops right back up. Right. I just don't see... I don't see them coming back because from a lot, a lot of the Baez rein, being out. A lot of their reinforcements are coming back in September. Yep. Well, it's early August. I don't know where they're going to be in September when mm-hmm. DeGrom comes back, Thor comes... I know Carrasco's back, but how good is he going to be? Is he going to lead the rotation? Probably not. Right. Um, and then, like, Lindor, I think he'll be back sooner than September. But Lindor and Baez are out. And they were, I mean, Lindor was already having a bad year. Yeah. Like, they can't hit. 
They're 29th in the league in runs. That's not just a, oh, they've had a bad month. That's an all-season problem. Michael Conforto is having a terrible year, and I think we all thought he was going to have a good year because he's going to do a contract year. Yep. So you kind of want to come out, show yourself. And I like Conforto. I think he's a great hitter, but he's having a terrible year. Pete Alonso has been their their most consistent guy, but he's hitting like 260. Yeah, and here's the other thing that is the reason why I don't love the Mets. I was at the game on Saturday, and I counted three guys that had bigger on-base percentage than slugging percentage. That's a problem. You know, and, and that's not what you're looking for. No. Brandon Nimmo still does, to this date, <laughs> has an on-base percentage of .41. Oh, Nemo. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I like that on-base, but your slugging percentage is .39. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You have a bigger on-base percentage than slugging percentage. Michael Conforto, until he hit the homer in Philly in the back-to-back-to-back, had a slugging percentage of less than his on-base percentage, which is .331 right now. Mm. His slugging percentage now is .339. And to your point earlier, I mean, that's an OPS of less than 7. That's bad. Their entire lineup, regardless of what you're looking at, has only three. I was going to say four, but no, it's three. Three players over OPS of eight. And And that's that's league average. And that's Nimmo has it at .8, but his slugging percentage is garbage, so you almost just throw that out the window. Mm -hmm. Pete Alonzo at .81. And then, oh, I'm sorry, they have two. They do have another one. My bad, because I forgot they have Brandon Drury at .89, but J.D. Davis was the other one at .86. They don't give give Drury enough at bats. No, they don't. Like he, I mean, he's a really good pinch hitter. I know he killed the Braves in a pinch. But he doesn't play every day, so right. it's like, you know. Well, and he started the game because he was right-handed versus Ranger Suarez, left-handed pitcher. Yeah. But as soon as Suarez left the game, he out. He out. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, you have a guy who's leading your team in OPS and he's not starting every day. Leading the team in OPS plus, obviously, not starting every day. <laughs> right. Like, this is a problem and y'all need to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the Mets are collapsing. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go back to the junior circuit, or go on to the junior circuit. Well, no, back, because we did talk about it earlier. Yeah, a little bit. So in the AL East, that's like the big... Tampa Bay's up five games. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're going to, I don't want to say run away, but Boston really needs sale. Yeah. Because they're they're really slumping. And And we talked about it earlier. They're 8 of 10... Over their last ten, they've lost eight of ten. Excuse me. Right. Over their last ten. And I and and I know Schwarber is a good bat. I don't like the move. They first of all they needed to do more because they have more than just that issue, and you right. didn't even address your issue. Correct. You need a first baseman, and so you're going to try to teach him first base on the fly, and he's hurt. Yeah, it's not going to work. So I don't think that's going to work. And your counterpart, the Yankees, like your biggest rival, they actually did a lot. They got Gallo and Rizzo. Now I know Rizzo's out with COVID. But they're they're starting to pick it up. I don't know if they have enough to overtake the Rays. Right. One team that I do like in the East, though, Toronto. Ever since they're back in Canada playing home games, mm-hmm. they've kind of taken off. So they've won seven of ten. They're two and a half out of a wild card spot. They're seven and a half out of the division. They're probably not going to win the division, but they could sneak into the wild card. Well, and they have a MVP candidate in Guerrero Jr. And the addition of Barrios is huge. Mm-hmm. You have Robbie Ray, Hunjin Ryu is great. So they can pitch a little bit too. Yeah, so. I mean, and they've got time. I mean, and again, I've stated this. Philly was four and a half out yeah. 
Seven days later, they're in first. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. Not impossible. And especially since you know you're going to play these guys later on in the year. I think mm-hmm. I think the Blue Jays have 10 more games against the Rays. Yeah. It's 10 more opportunities to gain a game each time. So it's not out of the question. Now, really, the real question is who wins the wild card spots in the National League? Because we were discussing this earlier. And it really just comes down to do the Phillies and Braves just push each other to new heights so one can win a wild card spot? I don't know, but there's 50 games left if they go like 34 and 16. Yeah. You know, like it's possible. Because the Padres are trending down. Mm-hmm. They did get a couple of good starts from Darvish and Snell, which is huge. But until you get Tatis back, I don't, I mean, they're, they're, they've slid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for a while there, it was like, we were just like, oh, yeah. The three NOS teams. I feel pretty good about the Giants. Right. Like, tip of the cap to Gabe Kapler. And look, you know this more than I do. He was terrible in Philly. Yeah, I think he just never won that clubhouse over. I think he won the Giants clubhouse over, and they're playing for him. And and there's a big... Like, GM and manager, that relationship is huge. Mm-hmm. He already knew Farhan Zaidi in, from L.A. They have a great relationship. You can tell that there's constant communication. And, yeah, he has the clubhouse in San Francisco. So, I mean, the Giants are for real. I think the Dodgers are going to overtake them because they just have too much talent. Yeah. But I'm worried. I, I mean, the Reds are four back. I, I don't fully believe four in them. Four and a half, actually. Oh, yeah, four and a half after yeah. their loss. I don't fully believe in them as a team. But they're playing good ball, and they're in the mix. Yeah, I mean, they've lost two straight, but they, they're they 6-10 in their last 10. Yeah. So they're trending better. I don't I don't think they overtake the wild card. But really, Atlanta's only seven games out. San Diego could slide, as we've been talking about. LA's in there. They looked way too good. Yeah. And, I mean, they're only, what, three and a half behind the Giants right now out west. So they're not, they're not even... Yeah. Out of the division race there. Right. I think San Diego is, they're they're not keeping up with the Joneses type deal yeah. with them. I know they tried to with some moves, but I don't know how well it's going to work. I mean, really, it's going to come down to Cincinnati, Atlanta, Philly, whoever doesn't win the division out east. And then that's basically it for the wild yeah. card because St. Louis hasn't shown me anything. The Mets are collapsing. And then everybody else is over 10 games out of the wild card. Yeah. I do worry about the Braves from a schedule standpoint, like in September. Like, they still have to go, they still have two West Coast trips. Yep. And that's always tough. Especially but, since you're playing the Giants and the Dodgers. Right. But they're playing They're playing really good team ball. I just really worry about the bullpen. Yep. Not that that's small, but I think that can be fixed. Rich Rod's been great. I kind of want him to be our closer. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen right so now. So what you're telling me now is if the only way Atlanta gets it to the playoffs if they win the division, but you're thinking kind of like what ESPN is thinking that the Phillies have a small chance to get the wild card if they don't win the division. Yeah. I I still think the Braves could get a wild card, but that would, I mean, Padres would have to really collapse mm-hmm. and that's for both squads, but Phillies, I Phillies playing really good ball, even without Hoskins and McCutcheon, they're playing really good. And, they have two aces at the top. I know Noah hasn't been as much of an ace this year, but Wheeler, he looked great last night bit. until the rain happened. Right, but I mean Wheeler's been awesome. Yep, our Cy Young. Yep, winner. Mm-hmm. So you have big time pitching like that, and we know how great Harper's been. I know, like you need Hoskins and McCutcheon back, but I don't. I don't think that's long term. They're yeah. going to be out. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we're definitely for sure down on the Mets. Yeah, Mets are out. 
I, I'm just I'm gonna say it, and I hate the fact that I'm gonna say it because it means that they could have a chance to come back. <laughs> but I think the Mets are out. Yeah. Uh, we called the Nats out early, and then they came back, but they showed their true color. So we were just right. We just weren't right, right immediately. And you know, so that's that's where we're at. Do we? I I actually think Cincinnati has a chance of getting this wild card. But again, like I said, it's coming down to. L.A., San Diego, Cincy, Atlanta, Philly, and Atlanta, Philly, it's just who doesn't win the division. That's, you know, I'm putting them as a, a hyphen, a hash. Yeah. One of those teams is winning the division. The other one is fighting for this wild card. Yeah. It's coming down to those four for two slots, and I think anybody's game. Atlanta's seven games out of it. Philly, if they were in the wild card spot, would be six games out of it. It's tight, and Philly's been playing great ball. Atlanta's starting to turn a corner. It's it's their bullpen that worries me truly. Yeah. The good thing for the Reds is they play Pittsburgh quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Same with the Phillies. So they got they got to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Their their rotation actually hasn't been terrible. Their bullpen's been, uh, uh, which is funny because they could use Rysel Iglesias, who they traded the Angels, and mm-hmm. they're not in it. So, but I mean, with Luis Castillo's turning around, Sonny Gray's solid. Um, Wade Miley's been really good. Yep. So I mean, their rotation actually hasn't been bad. The offense needs to pick up, and Joey Votto's on another level. He's He's been on another level. We didn't even talk about that. He hit yeah. Homer in 10 straight games. Yeah. So, uh, absolutely nuts. Craziness. I just can't wait for the end of this baseball season to go through. And I also want to update that the Yankees are only two out of the wild card spot with Toronto two and a half behind that. I don't see Seattle making the push to overcome no. five and a half. And the Angels without Trout, also the same bit. Or Rendon. Yeah, right. Or Rendon. And everybody else is either 10 out or they're Cleveland Guardians. So we're <laughs> we're out on all of them. But everybody else has the shot as Oakland and Boston are still holding on to those wild cards currently. Yeah. I, I Boston, I could definitely see them blow it. Unless Sale. I mean, Sales look good in his rehab assignments. He's throwing like 95. And honestly, most guys, when they're on their rehab assignments, they don't go full bore. So you can give them a little bit of an uptick. Right. At like 97. So... He's it's, key. it's going to be an interesting last month and a half of these races, and Absolutely. I'm totally looking forward to it. Well, that's going to be it for Episode 7 of the Sports GPS for all of us here. Parker White. CJ Holly. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.